Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thanksgiving Thursday edition of the mighty RTFP presented by DraftKings. And yes, we are recording this Thanksgiving morning. I am in a Dallas area hotel getting ready to call the Raiders and the Cowboys later today on Westwood One with Dave Pash. Very much looking forward to that. Haven't been here in Dallas for Thanksgiving since I played in a game here back in 2002 on Thanksgiving. So we're all recording this, me, Brian, Greg, we're all recording this this morning because you guys deserve it. We want you to have a fresh podcast today. We want you actually to have the whole family listen to it or watch it or whatever on your way to your cousins or your grandmas or your moms or whoever. We will have a spread the word winner via social media tomorrow at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. We'll have a sponsor confirmation email winner, which is really just whoever says they're going to get a story for a family member from myfrontpagestory.com. You're going to get a free Madden. Pretty cool. You're going to get a free Madden if you send me that, myfrontpagestory.com. If you're the first one, I suppose. And then the YouTube shout out, which we love, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'll tell you a little bit more about Thanksgiving a little bit later, but I don't want to make my guy Greg Cosell wait. It is Big Show time. The Big Show. Greg, uh, you know what? I don't think there are very many other podcasts out there, very many other shows out there that actually record uh. and do the show on Thanksgiving morning. So I wanted to say thank you to you. I want to say happy Thanksgiving. This has kind of become a tradition yeah, me, you, and Brian. I'm always in a hotel, Detroit or New Orleans or Dallas this year. You're at NFL Films, still working Thanksgiving morning, Greg. Well, you know, this is actually a good time for me. It's it's a little break, but a good time for me to catch up because, uh, because there's many other people obviously involved in the matchup show. Uh, Ross, we don't want to shoot the show on Friday. We want to give people off, so. I come in Thursday and Friday and really get a chance to catch up on some tape because I, I can in any given week watch every single game in detail. So this really gives me a chance to catch up on 
some teams that maybe I just haven't seen as much as others. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so let's start with that. Let's start with the game I'm doing today. I don't think many people have an interest in talking about the Lions or the Bears. And by the time we post this, the game will probably be just about ready to start. So let's talk Cowboys and Raiders. Um, I'll just give you, I like to give you an open book. You can talk about whatever you want with the game. It does feel like both offenses are not putting up the juggernaut points that they were earlier in the season for whatever reason. Yeah, the Cowboys, I, I did take a look at this week. I saw their offense against the Chiefs, and obviously it was the second time in three weeks that their offense did not perform at a high level. Um, I got this sense watching that tape that the Cowboys never really got a feel for how they wanted to play that game. Uh, they didn't really run the ball with any commitment to start. And as good as Dak Prescott is, and I think he's really good, I think that their run game is really their foundation starting point. And I think they've gotten away from that a little bit. Now, whether they get back to that today, I can't answer that. They're obviously playing a Raiders defense that just came off a game in which they really struggled to stop the run against Joe Mixon and the Bengals. So we'll see. But just as a larger point, Ross, and I don't know if you've kind of noticed this, but have you noticed that the run game for a number of teams has really come back into fashion this season? Teams are running the ball. Teams are running the ball effectively, uh, which is a different discussion than whether you need a big time back. That's a separate question. But the run game has become back in vogue in the NFL a little bit. And I know there are some games we want to talk about where those teams fit that profile. But I thought the Cowboys just never really got into any kind of sync or rhythm offensively. And then when they had to throw or felt they had to throw, they really struggled to pass protect. The left side of their offensive line had a hard time. I know Tyron Smith is back uh, today, so that will shore up uh, that side because Steele played really well at right tackle, but not well at all at left tackle. You know, Greg, uh, it's really interesting on a couple of different levels. Number one, you're right. Chris Jones ruined the game for them. I thought they had some drops from some of the they did. You know, some of the receivers that aren't the the stalwart guys. But it's so interesting you say that about the run game. Because if you look at the teams, you know, the Patriots have won five in a row. They're running the ball. The Colts have won three in a row. They're running the ball. The Eagles have won three out of four. They're running the crap out of the ball. The Niners yes. have won a couple games in a row and look good doing it. And they're running the crap out of the ball. It, it does feel like, especially in recent weeks, the teams that are surging are the teams that are running the football. Yeah, and, and I know we like to speak about specific matchups, but I really enjoy these kinds of conversations, Ross. And one thing I think that's overlooked when people always talk about the pass game, because there is a clear sense, and it's not wrong, that you need explosive plays in the pass game. That's not wrong. Um, but the problem when you just drop back and throw it and throw it and throw it is – your O-line, look, you're an O-lineman. It's really hard to pass protect when you drop back 40, 45 times a game by choice. And not every team can do that well. The Buffalo Bills are, to me, the poster child for that right now. All of a sudden, people are talking as if Josh Allen is not a good player, which is wrong. But the fact is they don't have a viable run game. Their O-line is really not suited to pass protect 40, 45 times a game. 
they're counting on Josh Allen to make plays, you know, and, and that's a hard way to play every single week to essentially ask your quarterback to be great every play, every quarter, every game. That's really a tough way to go in this league. You know, Greg, you made a lot of good points there. Um, it's it's really math. You know, the more drop back passes you have, the more times you throw it, the greater the odds that you're going to give up a sack or a strip sack or a hit on the quarterback or a pressure. And when you give up a sack, I don't know what the numbers are, Greg, but that, that drive is usually dead. Correct. I mean, you give up a sack, that drive, you, you just lost six, seven yards. It, I mean, it's going to be hard to come back from that. And uh, look, I'll be the first one to admit it, Greg. When I was on teams that ran the ball very well, Washington 2001, Buffalo 2004 with McGahee and Travis Henry, I was pretty good. I was fine. If I was on a team that was going to drop back pass a lot, like Steve Spurrier, Washington 2002, I was I would get exposed. I right. would get exposed. I just I just wasn't good enough. As a one-on-one pass protector. And by the way, that's true of many offensive linemen, Ross. I mean, uh, you, you know about your career. I don't. We don't need to discuss, you know, your career in detail. But there's not a lot of great one-on-one pass protectors in this league that can do it snap after snap after snap because the quality of defensive players, from an athletic standpoint, keeps getting higher and higher every year and you could still make the argument i know offensive linemen are getting more athletic too but not at the same level as defensive players and you could make the argument that the biggest mismatch in today's nfl still is offensive linemen and pass protection versus athletic pass rushers that's a hard deal Um, you mentioned the patriots the patriots everybody is talking about mac jones deservedly so playing extremely well playing to what he is the patriots understand that People probably don't know they are among the league leaders in rushing attempts. Harris and Stevenson combined have more rushes than Jonathan Taylor. This is a running football team, and they do it old school. They put Mac Jones under center, and he hands it off. And by the way, obviously their rushing totals are not enhanced by Mac Jones. He's not a factor in the run game like some other quarterbacks are for teams. We can talk about the Eagles in a moment. Um, But – teams are running the football and running it well. And they're, and they're, it just gives your offense such a better chance on a week to week basis. Right. Uh, two, two more quick thoughts on that, Greg, my rookie year with Marty Schottenheimer, we led uh, Stephen Davis led the NFC in rushing. Yep. Chris Samuels gave up one sack the whole year on a play action pass where Hugh Douglas pinched John Jansen, our other tackle might've given up two or three. Fast forward to the next year with Steve Spurrier when we were drop, you know, drop back passing 40 times a game. These guys were giving up hits. They were giving up sacks, but they had already established themselves, Greg, as being good players. So they weren't going to get pulled out of the lineup, but it was my first year starting. So they were like, oh, he can't do it. Well, nobody was really holding up. All and you're talking ball. about two really good offensive tackles, as you know. Right. And none yeah. of us, like, I, those guys were giving up more pressures and hits and sacks than they had the year before the whole season right and another thing to your point is you know watching tape for this Raiders Cowboys game to your point about the athletic mismatch there's never going to be an offensive lineman who can move close to the way Micah Parsons can move on correct 
Never. That guy, Greg, I'm telling you, man, he he is so sudden. It, he, he, he bends. It, it's just I watch some of these offensive tackles going against him. They better help him because he's, you, just, I, I he's, think, just too, he's just too quick. I think as time goes on, he will be a defensive end and not a stacked linebacker because that position is much more of a premium position in the NFL. And I don't. I'm not comparing him to the name I'm going to mention, but he's built like him. He's built exactly like Lawrence Taylor. He has the same body type. You know, um, you don't want to say that because... I think I just did, but I don't want people to think I'm saying that he's Lawrence Taylor because, you know, but he's built the same way. So, no, here's what I was going to say, Greg. You don't want to say that because of how great a player Lawrence Taylor was and because it's Micah's rookie year. But, Greg... I'm going to say this quietly so nobody hears me. That's who he reminds me of, too. Like, when I watch him, when you watch him off the edge, you know, he's standing up like like LT used to do. His movements. And then, like, when he chased down Patrick Mahomes and Tomahawk chopped him, you know, that's – he's like the Terminator, man. It's it's really impressive. Anyway, all right. Let's get to um, a fun game. You kind of already told me about the Bills – playing the Saints tonight and the Bills putting it all on Josh Allen. So instead, let's talk Bucks and Colts. Sure. Really looking forward to this one. Yeah, this will be fascinating. This is a real matchup game to me as far as the Colts D. We know about their O, uh, and that fits into the conversation we just had. Um, the Colts have played a little more man coverage this year, but I think this is a game where you'll see Matt Eberflus, their defensive coordinator, go back to some of his staple split safety coverages. I don't think they can match up in man um, and I think that they're going to have to try to keep it a little bit in front of them and rely a little more on their pass rush. Obviously, we know the Giants took somewhat of that approach on Monday night. They couldn't pressure Brady at all. And I'm not saying that it automatically works if you choose to do that, but I think that's what you'll see. One thing about Tom Brady, and and you can go back to the first time he started, and this is one reason Bill Belichick made the decision to play Brady over Drew Bledsoe, for those who remember that, is if you give Brady seven-yard throws, Ross, he takes the seven-yard throws. He is not an impatient quarterback. He's always been a quarterback willing to throw it seven yards, then it's second and three. And you know what? If you throw it, ask him to throw it again, and he gets the same look, he'll throw it for five yards. He'll get a first down. He's always been that guy. And I think it I, I think that the Colts, though, will have to take that approach because I just don't think they can match up on the perimeter with their corners. What about, Greg, a, a team that you and I both watch closely? Really, it's an interesting matchup because the Giants moved on from their offensive yes. coordinator as well. So let's talk Eagles-Giants. Interesting things to discuss really for both of these offenses. Well, I think the Eagles are really the place to start, Ross, because the Eagles have essentially made it a Jalen Hurts offense with him as a runner, as the foundation. It's essentially the same approach the Ravens took with Lamar Jackson. That's what the Eagles offense is right now. It's a very multiple run game. It starts with Jalen Hurts. He's in the gun these last two weeks on almost every snap with few exceptions. The zone read dimension is there on every single play when you're in the gun. So that is what is presented to the defense and they have to be able to deal with that. 
And then, as I said, their run game has many elements. They started to do more motion, jet motion. Jalen Rager's a major part of that, whether he gets the ball or not. He's a major part of what they do. They don't want to throw the ball very much. The pass game is very core concepts. There's not a lot to it. It's all run game based, and it starts with Hurts. That's the approach they're taking offensively. And right now it's causing problems for defenses. I thought the Saints had a bad plan, Greg. They, they they were trying to, I forget the term they used, but they were trying to have the D end almost, almost play it both, you know? And he was yeah. really doing neither, right? Like he was he was late on the running back. I think they were having the DN take the quarterback for the most part. Well, and they still had nobody have the backside C gap. And so even if he tried to close late, it, he's Jordan Howard's running through an arm tackle. I thought it was a bad plan. Yeah, I think you, to me, again, you know, I, you know me well enough for us to know. I don't think I'm smarter than coaches, but I'm just saying to me, when you play teams that are very heavy zone, potential zone read based with the quarterback, I personally think you have to commit to one or the other. In other words, you've got to take away the option. You have to dictate what happens. Yes. Either he hands it off or you're going to play in such a way that you make him keep it, but then you have a player or two in position to deal with the quarterback as a runner. You've got to take away the option. If you try to feather it and try to play both, I think that's when you get stuck because the reality is the quarterback's going to be a better athlete than the guy you're asking to do that. Totally agree. Um, what about the Giants and, and making the change at OC, yeah. Greg? What do you see from them offensively? They had Galladay back. They had Barkley yeah. back. And still struggled. I'm just trying to think of, of Freddie Kitchens for that year when he was in uh, – uh, before he became the head coach, when he became the OC in Cleveland with Baker and they did really well. I think you'll see more RPOs. I think you'll see more design movement. Um, Jones is not an immobile player. He's a good athlete. I think you'll see play action boot. You know, I think you'll see more things that play to Jones uh, as a mover, as opposed to just as a pure drop back thrower. So I'm curious to see. Obviously, we don't know. Um, Galladay and and Tony are are healthy now, I believe. So it should be a case where they're both playing on Sunday against the Eagles. Good point. Um, Anything else to say on New England and Tennessee? You, You referenced New England running the ball. Anything on Tennessee, Greg? I don't know if you got a chance to yeah, see Yeah, their them. offense is, is a bit of a struggle right now. And they've only had three 20-plus yard completions in, the, in their last three games. And one was a screen. One was a five-yard slant that became a big play due to run after catch. And one was a busted coverage. So they really have had no explosive plays in the pass game at all. And their run game has not been good enough uh, right now. And obviously, they cut Adrian Peterson. They're going to go with Dontrell Hilliard as their number one back. Um, so they're in a tough spot right here because this is a really difficult defense to play against. And I personally believe that the two most critical players on that defense are Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips. They do not play base defense. They play big nickel as their base defense with three safeties. And Duggar and Phillips are safety linebacker hybrids. And I personally think from watching tape that those two guys are so critical to what they do. Greg, let's talk maybe the game of the day. Uh, it's the Rams and the yeah. Packers. What intrigues you? Obviously, the Rams had a bye. So what what will you be looking for in this matchup? What intrigues you in this game? A, a couple of things, I think, to look for. Um, the Rams have struggled a bit, had struggled in their previous two games before the bye. 
my sense with Sean McVay is when his offense struggles, he likes to tempo it. And I think you're going to see them go tempo. The, the Packers like to move their safeties, who have played extremely well, Savage and Amos. They're both smart players, savvy players, instinctive players. They like to move them around before the snap. I would expect to see the Rams go tempo, no huddle. And it does, again, no huddle can mean many things. You can go fast, mid-range, or slow, but just go no huddle. Um, and we'll see exactly you know, how that works out. But they've really struggled offensively, and I would think that's one thing you will see from the Rams. Speaking of struggling offensively, Greg, Monday Night Football is Seattle and Washington. Yeah. What is going on with Seattle? You know, first of all, Seattle's run the fewest plays of any team in the in the league offensively, and that's always a problem. But when I, I watch their tape this week, and I watch them every week, and I think that Russell Wilson right now uh, is not seeing things particularly well. He left a lot of throws on the field. Even some throws he makes, he's a beat late with them. So the, the play is not as big a play as it should be. Um, they're trying to run the ball. Uh, and I don't think they're running it poorly. But the pass game is is a problem. They're, they're not getting big production from two pretty quality receivers in Metcalf and lock it, and that starts with the quarterback. And I, I don't think, again, he's coming back from an injury. Maybe he still needs time to settle in. But right now, he's not seeing it fast enough to make the necessary throws. It hurt them in the red zone as well a few times. What about, Greg, last one, Vikings-Niners? Oh, I'm fascinated by that game. The Niners, obviously, we know what they've done with their run game. They are so diverse formationally with uh, with what they do. Obviously, we know Samuel's been in the backfield. I think he was in the backfield on 11 or 12 snaps this week with eight carries. They run base runs. It's not as if they do anything special. They just do it from different formation looks, which the defense then has to respond to. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has been extremely efficient within the context of that. And amazingly enough, Ross, He's been efficient in the gun. They they have not married their run and pass game the way they normally have in previous years. They've had Garoppolo in the shotgun an awful lot, but he's been extremely efficient. You know when Garoppolo's playing well when the ball comes out. He is a pure timing rhythm thrower. When he gets stuck in the pocket and he can't get rid of it, you see him kind of get lost. Uh, but they've played really well. And Minnesota, this is just someone who's watched tape for years and years, and maybe I'm jaded at times, but I am really impressed with Justin Jefferson. That guy is absolutely fun to watch. First of all, he looks like he's 6'5". His stride length is remarkable, and he's only about 6'2", but he he is just a great route runner, great feel for setting up corners, terrific separation at the top of his route stem. He's a receiver I really enjoy watching. Awesome. Love it. Greg, you are the man. Have a great holiday. Check out Greg on Twitter, at Greg Cosell. Really appreciate it. All right, Ross, have a great holiday. Holiday. Thanks so much. You know, um, we all have a lot to be thankful for, which is probably a perfect day to talk to you guys about ladder. It makes sense why people get life insurance, right? Especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable. Why not pay a little bit each month to protect the ones you love. If you're asking yourself this question, should I get life insurance? Choose Ladder. It's 100% digital, no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. 
when you apply for three million in coverage or less, you just need a few minutes and a phone or a laptop to apply. Their algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. If you'd rather talk to a person, you can do that. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel at any time. And their policies are insured by insurers with are issued, I should say, by insurers with long proven histories of paying claims. So go to ladderlife.com slash Ross today to see if you are instantly approved. That's L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash Ross. Ladderlife.com slash Ross. Good morning. Let's start with some business news. The NFL has settled their lawsuit with the city of St. Louis for $790 million. Right. And I guess a lot of people in St. Louis are saying it's not enough. I don't know. Matt, I don't know. I don't know what the right amount is for that. It sounds like the lawyers get a lot of money. Wow. Um, you know, maybe for the NFL, this is just the cost of doing business. But on some level, it's sort of it's like admitting that they did something inappropriate in the manner in which they left. Right. Tough look, I think, for the NFL. Ducks takes. On the running back front, you and Greg mentioned Titans cutting Adrian Peterson and the Dolphins claimed Philip Lindsay after he was cut by the Houston Texans. Right. Uh, I'm glad Lindsay went to the Dolphins. I want to see Philip Lindsay in the Dolphins offense. I hope he gets some snaps. And for Adrian Peterson, you know, you just wonder if if this is it for him. Although he just got another credited season for all of his benefits. We talked about that before because I think he was on the roster for at least three games. So kudos to him. Ducks takes. Aaron Rodgers told and showed reporters yesterday that he does indeed have a fractured toe and it is not COVID toe. I didn't even know COVID toe was a thing until Joe Dolan mentioned it on the Fantasy Feast podcast and that the Wall Street Journal believed Rodgers had COVID toe, which he doesn't. Never even heard of COVID toe. I'm glad he doesn't have it, I guess. Ducks takes. The NFL announced the 26 semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They did. And, you know, there's not a single guy I look at and say he shouldn't be in. That's why it's so hard. Not a single guy, Bri, I looked at and thought, well, he definitely shouldn't be in. It's it's hard. It's absolutely hard to pick five guys out of 26 studs who I think are all deserving. I mean, I can go through it again. Maybe there's one or two where I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that guy. But there wasn't a guy that jumped out to me like, man, he definitely shouldn't. Ducks takes. Scary situation in Minnesota. Everson Griffin having mental health issues again. Awful. Yeah, awful. Um, he eventually, I guess, turned himself in to the police. He came outside. There was some type of, like, standoff. Um, very, very, very scary for Everson Griffin. Uh, this is not the first time. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But obviously, he needs help. I don't know if that's medication or what. But uh, his Instagram posts were scary. The standoff with the police was scary. Just a, uh, I mean, that's the word. 
scary scene. Ducks takes. Today being Thanksgiving, we've got three games today. We will start the first one, the Bears at the Lions. It sounds like Jared Goff's going to play and Andy Dalton's going to play. Justin Fields has three small fractures or some cracked ribs or something, but it's not supposed to be that big a deal. I don't know how that's the case, but that's that's what they're saying anyway. I've kind of gone back and forth on this one. I, I think I'm going to pick the Lions. I think I'm going to pick the Lions because I think Goff plays better coming back off the injury. I think that they're going to be fired up to get a win. The Bears have all this Matt Nagy stuff swirling around. Obviously, George McCaskey reportedly told the team that Nagy's not going anywhere. I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm taking the Lions. I'm taking the Lions 20 to 17. And Bry, it's a little Thanksgiving gift for you, my man. You can let the doggies out. Crosses underdog of the week. I think I just lost my appetite for turkey today. Uh, anyway, moving on to the next game. It's the middle one. You're going to be at Dallas hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, speaking of appetite, I have absolutely no appetite for waiting for things in life. I I say no to things a lot more now. I I value time greatly, which is why I love AutoZone. The fact I didn't even know some of the stuff until AutoZone started to advertise on the show. The free same day store pickup after you order online, amazing. Everything I do now, Bri, I order online and then I go pick it up because I don't want to take the chance of there's long lines or I can't find it, not doing it. Or even better, like my wife orders everything online for delivery and AutoZone has free next day delivery. So you can even order as late as 10 p.m. And your package will arrive the next day right on time. So think about that. Like it's late at night. You don't feel like going to the store. Just order AutoZone.com. Amazing. So next time you need to do something with your car, start it by shopping your way at AutoZone.com with their free same-day pickup and free next-day delivery. Get in the zone. AutoZone. As for the game I'm at, I think the Cowboys will win the game. I'm hoping, obviously. You know, people always ask, who do you want to win? I want it to be a competitive game. And usually if I'm trying to catch a flight or get home, I don't want to go to overtime. Not that I'm asking for overtime, but I'm not flying out to Hartford until tomorrow morning. So overtime wouldn't be that bad. I just hope it's a great game. I think the Cowboys win. I think they're the more talented team. Curious to see whether or not C.D. Lamb passes the concussion protocol today for Dallas. He evidently went through a full practice yesterday the Raiders have actually been moving the ball decently they're just not doing well in the red zone really either side of the ball the more I studied this game I'm going to say the Cowboys win um, I think it's like 27 20 I'm going to put some faith in the Raiders score a little bit more than they have been but still lose 27 20 Dallas all right in the third and final game tonight the nightcap the Saints and the Buffalo Bills by the way Brian the Cowboys might be one of your best survivor picks this week. I don't envision them losing this game at home on Thanksgiving. So lock them up, Brian. Your survivor slash knockout slash whatever you call it, pick of the week. 
All right. As for the Bills and the Saints, I like the Bills. Saints are way, 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 way too beat up. The Bills need this game. I think the Saints are starting to realize this season just might not be happening for them. So um, I like the Bills to win the game. I don't think it's a ton of points because New Orleans is still pretty healthy on defense. I think it's like 24-17, let's go Buffalo. Incredibly thankful for each and every one of you. Um, Hope you guys have a great day with your families. If you're in the car and you can flip it around and listen to me sometime during the Cowboys Raiders game, that'd be pretty cool. I love when you guys take screenshots of that. Shoutouts are in order for Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X, HumanHeadNYC.com, and SteakhouseSports.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109WITHIT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 